Welcome to week number 213 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Howdy, Steve. Howdy. We are ready. Howdy. It is uh, tomorrow's the day, right? Yeah. Well, that tomorrow is the night. Tomorrow is the night where we change nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we change. What is the name of this thing? Nightmare the Weekend change, Forever. Change the for, Change the format of our podcast. Do change the yeah we do do that. Um, maybe we'll air it. Maybe we won't. Um, well, let's air it. I'm already saying we should air it. This is the problem. Eighty percent of the episode is going to be uh, video clips, so I don't know how that's going to come across as an episode. We've done worse. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to come out, um, we are doing a, a special panel at Nightmare Weekend in Richmond tomorrow night. We're going to be doing an entire episode on what makes a good Halloween TV special. So we'll be playing some clips of some of our favorite shows. A lot of them happen to be TGIF shows. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to turn into a discussion or if it's more going to be just like a fun clip-watching episode or or what it's going to be. But we will see what it turns out to be. And we will be out there tomorrow night, Saturday, October 14th, right? 14th. And uh, panel room... Panel room E23. And I'll tell you, here's what I want to hear. I we you know we 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 don't watch every show. We do our best. We do what we can. I'd love to hear like what we miss. You know, we go through this list of kind of like here's some highlights that we'd love oh, to share yeah. with you. I know all. we missed but, a like, lot. What is your favorite? Like what? Re- I mean, that's what it is for me. Is like I want to know what makes a good Halloween episode to everybody. And like I want to hear. I want to hear some thoughts. I want to hear some episodes. I want to hear some shows that we completely ignore because it just didn't cross our our you know our mind. Or yeah, and I mean, there's that. hundreds of shows that have done Halloween episodes. It's not like we're trying to like mention every single one of those. We're trying to. We made some categories of things that we feel make uh, uh, an episode good for Halloween, and yeah. kind of found some clips that fit into those categories. And there's so many shows that aren't even on our radar because they're just not shows that we ever cross paths with. I would, yeah. I'd love to know what they do. If they yeah, I mean, like, uh, we were reading through some shows that did Halloween things and, like, a lot of the cartoons and stuff we've never seen. But mm. I- I'm sure a lot of you love those things and uh, talk to us about them. Or, like, what if, what if like, CSI does a Halloween episode every year? And I just don't know that. Or... Did Mr. Some... Wizard do a Halloween episode where he like did experiments like Halloween? I don't know, but I bet you know who I bet you did do um, Halloween episodes was the MythBusters. I bet you they've got some good Halloween episodes. Yeah, I bet you both. I bet you both. Um, sure. But yeah, sure. come out to the live panel, uh, 9 p.m. We're going to be at Galaxy, or not GalaxyCon. It's part of GalaxyCon. It's Nightmare it's, Weekend. That's done, yeah, put on by GalaxyCon. And uh, we'll be out there. Get your pass now. Go out all three days. And you can, uh, isn't Thora Birch going to be there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they've a cool got, like, one the for whole, me. There's a lot of cool ones. I mean, they've got her for it. They're doing like a little mini uh, Hocus Pocus reunion. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. And, you know, if you're there, if you're there Friday night, our good friend of the show, uh, Colton. Colton Martin, yeah. he's doing it. He's doing a um, analog horror. Animal, yeah, analog horror that he's doing. Like, he put this whole like presentation together, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, he probably worked a lot um, harder on his than we worked on ours. A hundred percent. And it's going to sound a lot smarter, too. He's going to get up there and sound like he knows what he's talking about. And we're we're going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hit space bar and a clip is going to play. I'm going to say, that was Roseanne. <laughs> hit the space bar again. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. So he's 730 in E24. I don't, on Friday. He's on Friday. That's Friday. the problem. Friday night. So if you're there Friday night, go check out Colton. He did one of our uh, theme songs, too. So. Uh, just a little plug for him, but yeah, they got a ton of good guests. It's it, it, it's it's smaller than GalaxyCon was during the summer, 
but it, it there's still a lot of quality here so i'm, I'm excited for it all right, let's get into our episode for today. Thank yes. you, Colden, for the theme song this week. There we go. Colden, thank you. TG Good luck this weekend. Yeah, IF Nightmare Weekend. Cast at gmail.com. That's the email address <laughs> if you want to send in your own version of the theme, like Colden did uh, probably a couple years ago now, right? I mean, he's that's OG for sure. Yeah. So um, you can do that. It might not be as good as Colden's, but uh, you can still make one. And we'll still play it on the show. And then uh, also, if you want to follow us for all updates, we should probably post some stuff about the uh, panel we're doing tomorrow. Uh, We'll get on that. TGIFcast on all social media. Whatever ones still exist, whatever new ones are coming up tomorrow, we'll be on there. Yeah. If it is is new, if it is just started as of this morning, we're on it. Did we make a uh, TGIFcast uh, B-Real account? I don't know if we did. No, I'm not doing that. That's not social media. We just lied to our listeners. It's not social media. Hey, um, one thing that we also like to do is go back and see what was going on in the world 30 years ago. Now, we watched all these episodes that aired 30 years ago. We're talking about them today. What was the date back in 93 that these actually aired? Yeah, so these would have aired Friday, October 15th, 1993. And I've got a couple stories from that exact day, October 15th, 1993. Um, Where do you want to start? Let's start with uh, this one, because this one you probably care less about. I don't know. Maybe you care. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. October 15th, 1993, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Nelson Mandela. Why Why would I not care about that? That's great. I don't know. I feel like you might care about the other one more. All right. Well, it better be good because Nelson Mandela winning the Nobel Peace Prize is pretty cool. Uh, also on October 15th, Amstel Brewery on Curacao produced their one billionth bottle of beer. That's cool. Nelson Mandela's cooler? <laughs> Way cooler. All right. That's all I got. What about movies and music? He was in prison for like, for like a long time, decades. And then he won the Nobel Peace Prize. For hey, they've been making beer Biden since the 1800s. South America. Well, good for that. Congratulations, Amstel. Congratulations, not as cool as, Nelson not Mandela. Not as cool as Nelson Mandela, though. Sorry. Um, movies and music. What was number one this week? Yeah, so same song. It is still uh, uh, Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. So um, that is the song. New movie. New movie is the classic uh, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. Oh, very so good. So that is, that is good, solid 90s, 90s action, sci-fi action movie. Yeah, and in case you guys didn't know, Travis goes back and he watches, what, at least the number one movie each uh, week? Is each week, we the number one movie, yes, absolutely. And uh, he was very excited to tell me how awesome some of these explosions in Demolition Man actually are. Yes, there was one explosion that was pretty awesome where they blow up like an entire warehouse. I mean, it, it might have been a model. It's hard to tell, but it still looked really cool. Yeah, so go back, watch that if you want to. What about our birthdays? We got anything? No birthdays. Let's roll. Let's do it. All right, we started off at our 8 o'clock slot. This is Family Matters Season 5, Episode 4. A Matter of Principle is the name of this episode. Start off, we're at the school. Um, Steve comes in and he's got this giant stack of books. We find out it is probably his books and Laura's books. He's carrying them in. And, uh, I mean, he's just doing it because he says that he wants to. Yeah. And Laura's like, you don't have to carry my books, Steve. And he's like, but I want to carry your books. And then we get some good, uh, Steve Urkel, like flexing, showing off his muscles on how strong he is. We get that for a couple seconds. And then finally 
Myra is back. We've missed her for a few episodes. We didn't know where she was. And you know what? She was just filling I, out some transfer requests that whole time. She's now going to a new school. She is in Urkel and Laura's class. I still feel like I don't know where she was because this. I, 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 I just told you this. I, well, I know. I know. But I I hope that this episode gets everything back on track, even though this seemed like it was a stumbling block towards where we were. But hopefully this episode gets everything. back. So on it track. definitely gets everything back on track. And like you said, it's a repetition of exactly what we've seen in at least four episodes now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Myra's there. She's in the class. We find out she transferred school. She was in a private school. Now she's going to their school. And uh, Steve is stepping in because he thinks this is a little bit pushy. Um, It's a little bit much. Um, He said they did go out a few times, but, I mean, now you're transferring to my school? It's a little crazy. And this is where the weirdness starts because he's like, yeah, we've gone out a few times. He's like, the last time we saw her, you all agreed that you were going to be in a relationship with her despite the fact that you're in love with both. Like you would, this is already established. We've done this. Yeah. And some other things happen in this episode, I believe a little later that are inconsistent with uh, what's happened previously as well. Yes. Yes. All right. So the bell rings, teacher comes in, Myra goes up front, gives the teacher like her letter saying that she's in this class now and um, she's got to find a seat. So she asks if anyone would mind changing seats because she would love to sit next to the wonderful Steve Urkel and immediately... Every single person in the class jumps up from their seat, moves to the wall, hoping that Myra will take their seat so they don't have to sit next to Steve. It was like, it reminded me of one of those science experiments where you drop like soap into water, you know, and like what the food coloring just like, like spurts out to the sides real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh, then Steve says something like, uh, this joke is getting a little worn out, don't you think, guys? And then that's that's the end of the clip before the theme theme song comes we come back we're now at the winslow's house harriet comes in she's a little upset they're having some budget cuts at the uh at the newspaper i guess um i don't know now that balky and now that balky and larry are are you know probably on paternity leave or they're they've got a solo you know a, a, a freelance career they're just not making the same money they can't make any more of those uh what's the little goat cartoons dimitri it's a yeah. sheep dimitri. no more dimitri yeah. the sheep cartoon so they got to cut some budgets or they have to cut the budget and in order to do that they tell harriet she's got to let go two of her people yeah and she's like i don't want to do that yep and carl tells her you know what you need to stand up for yourself you go tell that boss that you need these people they're there to protect and uh you're not cutting anyone and she's like you know what carl you're right that's what i'm gonna do i feel like they were like now that Perfect trainer's done. We gotta we gotta cut the whole we gotta cut the cord. We gotta get rid of the chronicle. It's it's copyrighted to the you know, it's intellectual property to those folks. Yeah, we have so. to we have to if if we don't get you fired from that job, then we have to mention it every or every time we mention it, we have to pay uh the actors from Perfect Strangers six dollars. Right, exactly. All right. We're back at the school. Uh Myra is now carrying Steve's books because that's what she wants to do. And uh, Waldo comes in. He's in that class, apparently. He didn't realize, though, that the yeah. class was every day. And he's, what, been something about He's been there being... all summer. Yeah. He, was, he was like, I've been here all summer waiting for people to show up. And now you guys decide you're going to you're gonna have class. I wish that Waldo's back. Yeah. Um, teacher comes in. And uh, we find out everyone had a little homework assignment they had to do. They had to all memorize a humorous poem. 
and he asks for volunteers to go first. Uh, no one in the class volunteers except for Steve. I thought Myra was going to volunteer, but maybe she didn't know the assignment because she's new. Well, I mean, Steve volunteers first. So, I mean, she might have been about to volunteer, but Steve just got... He's like, oh, oh, oh pick me, over. pick me. So, right. yeah, Steve goes up, starts off with a little uh, vocal warm-ups that he does, and then uh, begins his poem. I think it's titled, When Father Carves the Duck. That and, sounds right. uh I don't know. It's not, I, do you know this poem? Is it a real poem? I mean, I have no idea if it's a real poem. I don't know it. But I mean, it was fine. Whatever. It was a little poem about carving a duck. Yeah. So he's pretty um, animated as he reads or recites this poem. And everyone's pretty bored, except for Myra. Myra loves it, thinks it's a wonderful um, poem. And then um, some kids are start like making fun of Steve as he goes back to his seat. And... Uh, Myra stands up for him, insists that Steve Urkel is not a nerd, and uh, as she's doing this, she recites her own original poem about Steve Urkel. Yeah, like an ode to Steve. I, I feel like it almost was presented as though it was kind of freeform, like she just off the top of her head. Yeah, I mean, the assignment was a humorous poem that they had to recite, so I don't know if she did a really uh, good job on the assignments, but maybe this was like well, an extra credit. I don't know if that was necessarily her assignment. It was just her expressing her emotions for Steve in the moment. Yeah. Uh, back to the house. Real quick uh, scene here where we find out Harriet has been fired. She stood up to the boss and the boss said, fine, if you're not going to fire anyone, get out of here, Harriet. You're gone. I mean, that's one way to save money, I guess. Yep. And probably more salary than those other two people are making anyway. So yep. she's gone. Um, now we skip ahead a little bit. We're still in the Winslow house though. And uh, I think Eddie and Laura are in the kitchen, and then Myra comes over, right? That is correct. Yeah, they're down there. I don't know. I don't. I don't really make a note of what they're doing, but I think they're just kind of chatting. Yeah. Um. And she's not there for Steve, which is normally the case. This time, she actually came to see Laura, and uh, she wants a little pinky truce with Laura to um, say that she will stay away from his her man, even though. She- the last time we saw her, she got the best deal this. ever. Yeah, Laura got the best deal ever. Laura doesn't care. Whatever. This is old hat. Yep. And then she's also asking for some advice, too. She's like, Eddie, I need some advice. And then she tells them both, um, what I need is uh, I really want Steve to kiss me. He's never kissed me before. And uh, what can I do to make him want to kiss me? Now, is this true? I didn't go back and look. But is this really the first time... Have they not kissed at all? I thought they had as well. I do. T- I, you know, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure they have. But then I went to YouTube and typed in Steve Myra first kiss and it brings up the clip. Yeah, but that it, it's really easy to just title this the first kiss because of what they both they do say. Mention, as, they do call it their first kiss kind of thing. As opposed to actually doing the, I mean, I not, really not think they've kissed and I'm pretty sure it was like in the living room of the Winslow house. I almost want to say it was like on a date because like their first date that they went on when she we just meet Myra. She's uh, I can't remember whose cousin she was. She was someone's cousin. Um, and I feel like they were like at a theater. They were at a, at a concert and and she kind of put the moves on him because she's pretty aggressive. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, I can remember. They did the I, whole I imagine scene. like in the balcony in the front row. Of yeah. The balcony and or it, like the whole scene was in their minds. Like, it you know, that was Laura and her date and then Myra and, and Steve. I thought I thought they had kissed as well. I don't know. Maybe we just think so because they should have by now. Yeah. So 
Laura and Eddie are like, they have no idea why she even wants Steve to kiss her. But anyways, um, they suggest maybe try turning him on a little bit or maybe try taking him somewhere private on a date. I mean, you guys have been to all these public places in your past dates. Maybe he's a little shy. Maybe if you take him somewhere private, he'll kiss you. And she's like, that's it. I'm inviting him over to my house. That's a perfect idea. I do like how they call him shy, even though he has no problem asking Laura for kisses all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we go check back out on, uh, Harriet and Carl a little later. They're in the kitchen and, uh, Harriet is now working on a resume because, um, she's going to look for a new job. And you know what? She's not mad at Carl for, uh, this advice. She's actually glad that she took Carl's advice and, uh, that she stood up for what she believed in. And Carl is very proud that she did. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a scene where it's really them saying, you know, you did you did the right thing. You stood up for what you believe in. I love you for that. That's one of the things I love about you. And I'm 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 here for, to support you. I think is great. After that, we go to the date. We're in Myra's backyard. Steve is there. They've both got ice cream cones, and uh, it starts off um, where Steve's trying to set up some chairs. She's like, "Hey, put out these chairs for us to sit down on." And then it's just like a it's a 30 second minute long physical comedy scene of him like getting tangled up in a couple folding right. chairs they get wrapped around his neck and everything then they sit down and they start eating ice cream and up a... so disgusting I, I don't know if steve's never so seen disgusting. an ice cream cone in his life but if you imagine like a two-year-old eating an ice cream getting ice cream all over their face it's worse than that I think that's generous. I think comparing it to a two-year-old, like no, it's so gross. It's just it's so like I have a, I have a fairly large beard, and it's I I don't even eat ice cream cones because of how gross it is. I think to eat an ice cream cone with a with a big beard, this grossed me out so much. Yeah, um, she uh, she mentioned something to Steve about like. Uh, helping her so she doesn't make a mess with hers or she won't be able to eat it all and he's like oh i'll help you with that and he takes her cone and just like smears it all over his face <laughs> well, too i think she's just trying to move past the whole ice cream thing yeah. and get to what she wants to which is the kissing she's like i don't I don't really want this anymore yeah so she oh. mentions to steve you know steve this is the first time that we've ever really been alone together and she's like why don't we uh go over to that hammock over there so Myra starts walking to the hammock. Steve well, follows behind her. Well, Steve straight up says, like, look, I'm not good at hammocks. Like, I, can't, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Um, as he's walking to the hammock, steps in a bucket, trips, knocks into the umbrella. Umbrella breaks through the window, warns her once again. Hammocks really don't get along with me. She's like, just try it. Just sit down. So he sits down. And another like couple minute physical comedy scene of him just flipping out of the hammock, rolling over it, falling on the ground, getting caught, flipping around again. And then Myra's like, Steve, Steve, just wait. Let me sit in it first. I'll show you how to do it. She gets in, she lays down and she's like, all right, now you can join me. And, uh, Steve gets in and, uh, then she, then, um, I think, what does he well, say Well, th then Mira gets, like, so he, she gets in, he gets in with her, and then, and everything is fine. Oh, yeah, Steve's, then, like, pointing out the constellations in the sky. Yeah, They're both yeah. laying down. He's like, oh, there's this, and this is, and then she's just like, yeah. kiss me, Steve. 
And he's like, right. Oh, and he oh. says, and uh, I can't do it. Yeah. He's like, I can't because I'm actually in love with Laura, which well, he's I like, I don't want to take it. I feel like I'm taking advantage of you. I don't want to take advantage of you because because like you just said, I love Laura still. And I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Again, ground we've already covered. And I think they're standing up at this point. They're not still in the attic, right? Or in the hammock because they flipped out and they get up. Right, right, right. Yeah. And she's like, I don't care, Steve. I don't care. And then uh, she's like, I just, I, I don't remember if he, if she says like, just kiss me, Steve, or whatever happens. But anyways, he like something flips in Steve, and he's like, all right, let's go. And uh, well, because she says, she says, look, I know you love Laura. It's not taking advantage of me because I know exactly what the situation is. And my I eyes don't are care. wide open. I can see everything want, you're doing. I, yeah. I want to kiss you. And that's all that matters to me. It, you are fine. Go ahead. And he's like, all right, game on. Something like daddy's coming in the driveway or something. he says, and then like, <laughs> like coming in for a landing. It was, a, it was an airplane, airplane reference. Dips are down. They kiss. They stand up. And then they both faint right there in Myra's backyard. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. They both die. They're dead. That's, I mean, that's that's it. It's like the, the show. Fourth death in Family Matters in two episodes. I'll tell you, man, the glass budget this season is <laughs> out of control. Was that They're this just, season? Where they, where the he, they jump through the window? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They break that kitchen window a lot, though. I'm just saying, they're really going for the glass gimmick this, this go-around. Uh, from there, we go to Step by Step. This is your 8.30 show on Friday nights. Animal House is the name of the episode, and it starts off. We're in Frank's office. Carol is uh, trying to help balance the uh, books. She's done this before. Again. Well, I mean, it's she has tried to help clean his office before, but it's the same same idea. This is also pretty, pretty done. Cody comes in, and guess who's back? Slasher from last Slasher. week. He's back. He's got his family. His wife, his, uh, his little kid Harley is there. His and incredibly find... normal wife and, and yeah. Oh, yeah. child. Probably worth mentioning. Yeah, they look very normal compared to uh, Slasher. And uh, I think we find out what that uh, the two of them are going out of town and they're going to leave Harley with Cody to watch them. That's that's the gimmick. Yeah, they're, they're going out of town. Babysitter is going to be Cody for the weekend. So pretty quick drop off. Like they leave. They go out the door. Well, the, we do find out one really other important thing here is that Slasher owns a temporary tattoo company. Um, and he's like, yeah, we sold 5 million units last, uh, or 15, no, was it 3 million units last $15 year. $15 million dollars he's worth. pretty Right. Much. At $5 a piece for a temporary tattoo. And it, my brain is like, who's paying $5 for, t- those are like free giveaways anyway. Oh, um, you are not into the temporary tattoo game. There are temporary tattoos that are upwards of $20 a piece. What? Yeah. For, for what? For kids or just for like... Like ones that like you can like wrap around your arm and like last longer and stuff. You mean like the ones, you mean like the ones that I get like serve Facebook ads for? Those, like, yeah, try, that's how I see them. Try yeah. out this awesome tribal tattoo. Yeah, those are get... more than $5. So Slasher was just, Slasher was on top of it. That. I was thinking about the... Uh, Slasher you know, is the reason you're getting those Facebook ads. <laughs> Thanks, Slasher. Yeah. They're not working. So, yeah, they leave. Then Frank's just real upset. Like, he's mad that Slasher's worth as much money as he is. And he's been... More working. money than he... Or as much money as Slasher is. He's mad that he's not as worth as much as Slasher is. Yeah, and he's just like, I do all this work. And all he did is make some temporary tattoos. And, Car- and Carol's like... He's like, what could I do to change this? And Carol says, like, well, you could start with uh, getting your bookkeeping straight. (laughs) (laughs) Theme song, we come back. Um, JT and his friend, what's his name? 
So, well, he's not there it yet. Changes. So let's, let, yeah. So give me one second. So let's take a step back. Carol's in the Carol's in the uh, den watching the baby, and she's clearly no. No. Did I skip something? Yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm scene. sorry. I did. I did. I did. I apologize. We I come apologize. right back after the theme song yes. to JT so, and his friend I know eventually who dates Dana in the future. And right, it's right. from Sabrina. So we come that. in Dana Marker studying. Yeah. JT and it, Jason Marsden comes in and he at this point plays a character named Doug. How, did they, later, did um, they say his name in this episode or do we they know do from other? Point. They, okay. they do at one point. Um, they obviously Jason Marsden goes later goes comes back to play Rich, who is a, a regular cast member. So different JT's character, same friend. actor later on. Yeah, this is very much a Steve at in Full House situation. Gotcha. So, um, but yes, he and this episode, and this is the only episode where he is Doug, and he this is the only episode he's in this season. But he will come back uh, as later, a pretty main as, character later. I think he's actually a like credited cast member, cast member in the in the credits to that to that extent. Yeah. yeah. So JT and Doug come over and they're complaining because they've got this five page report. They have to read a book and then write a five page report. And it's due and they have to do it over the weekend. Well, they have to do it over the weekend because they didn't do it when they found out about it like months ago. Well, they didn't really find out about it because they were asleep when the teacher told them about it. That's fair. That is their excuse. Yes. So he shows Mark the like list of books that they can pick from that they have to read. And Mark's like, oh, I've written papers on almost all of these books. And uh, he's like, I think JT's like, oh, great. You can help me out with this. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, uh, you're not just going to steal my work and kind of sets up for what's going to happen a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Mark or uh, JT's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to steal your work. So... They go upstairs, uh, JT and Doug. They go into JT's room, which is the first time we've seen this room, right? Correct. This is the first time we've seen the boys' shared room. Yep. Um, is it all three boys in that one room? I think it is, right? Mark, JT, and Brendan are I all mean, because what we yeah we later see Brendan and and Mark hang out in there, and then obviously JT goes up. Yeah, because when they show this room so. at first, it is a mess. Like it is. Uh, yeah. There's stuff everywhere. It's a boys' room. Yeah, but then we see like later, like it's only it's only JT's area that's the mess fair fair so they're sitting down they're trying to figure out what they're going to do for this book report and i think this is where doug's like well there's your brother's computer why don't we just go on the computer and take the reports off yeah he's like everything we need is sitting right there on that computer so they do they uh log into the computer which is uh somewhat like voice activated and can talk to mark it's like mark's girlfriend pretty much this is like personal, yeah. Computer. I, I was surprised at how easy it was for them to get into the computer. I thought Mark would have had like more security, more secure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they decide, all right. Well, he, we found the papers. Here they are in this folder, probably labeled like Mark's book report. And uh, <laughs> they open it up, and there's a whole bunch of them. Pretty much every book on that list, there's a report for. And they're like, ten well, out, of, yeah, ten out of the whatever, however many books on the list were on the computer. And they're like, well, you know what we should do. We should get our book reports, but then we should also take all these other book reports and sell them to all the other guys in the class, and then we can make some money on this as well. Greedy. Greed, greed's going to get him in trouble. Only problem, they don't know how to print, so they can't figure it out. That's true. Uh, we go to Carol. This is where she's downstairs now with baby Harley. Uh, Al comes in, and this is where we get our diss of the week. Hi, Carly. Hi, Carly. Uh, Carol? Yeah? When your kids were babies, did you talk to them like that? Oh, all the time. No wonder they're all screwed up. (laughs) 
All right. So after that, then we have Cody comes in and uh, he needs help getting like uh, bottles ready for Harley. Like he doesn't know how to follow the directions and do all that. But Carol well, is happy he, to help out with baby Harley. Well, what he gets confused on is when it says boil nipples. He's like, Who, who's nipples? Like, yeah, what he's nipples like looking at his own chest and trying to figure it out. Yeah. So Carol wants to help as much as she can, especially like bath times coming up. And then Frank comes in. And we can tell that Carol is getting a little baby crazy. She's baby uh, fever. Got that fever, and Frank is um, still hung up with how rich Slasher is at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, she Poor says, "You know what, Frank? I, I think I might want another kid. Wouldn't that be great?" And Frank's like, "No way! I'd rather trade two of my kids in for a new set of golf clubs than have another kid." Yeah, he's he's like, "We got too many. I'm trying to get less kids, not more." Uh, we go a little later to uh, Karen. We tell- do it real quick though. We, yeah. There's the scene. There's a little bit here where for, she hands Frank the baby. She's like, "You sure you don't want a baby?" And he hands it back and says, "I don't even think this baby likes me." And it peed had peed all over his, oh, yeah. his shirt. Shirt's covered. Baby's got some cute expressions though. I'll give that baby that. Like, uh, sure, it's a good baby. It's a good good acting baby. A um, little later, we got Karen and Dana talking. And Karen rats out JT. Karen's like, Dana, you know what he's doing. He's selling all these book reports of Marks. And Dana's like, oh, no. But she doesn't rat him out on purpose. She tells Dana in a way that's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm go- I can go on this date this weekend because I got my book report done because all I had to do was buy it from JT. He's selling them to everybody. It's awesome. Oh, did she so buy great. it from JT? I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. She's like all in on it. She's like, this is great what JT and Doug are doing. They're helping everybody out. Now we can do stuff and not have to worry about these reports. Yep. Dana's upset. Karen doesn't care. We go to the next scene with uh, Mark and Brendan now up in their room. Mark turns on his computer. Dana comes in and uh, she lets Mark know exactly what happened. That JT got on his computer. He and Doug have stolen your book reports that you worked on. And Mark's pretty upset and wants to go tell his mom. He does, but she's like, wait, we can do better than that. Yeah, instead of just telling mom and getting him in trouble just with mom... Why don't we get him in trouble with the entire football team that he sold all these reports to? And uh, he's like, all right, I'm listening. And they hop on the computer and they start rewriting all of these reports. Uh, The first one being, I I believe, Animal Farm. And they just type in like E-I-E-I-O, there's an animal on a farm or something like that. Old McDonald had an animal farm. Yeah. So they're going to, JT and Doug already printed out all these papers. They found them in the drawer. They're going to print out new versions of all of them, put them back in the envelope, and then JT's going to go sell them at school, and then these kids are, I'm assuming, going to get Fs because they failed all their horrible reports. That's the intention, yeah, and then they're going to come back and want to see, you know, they're going to want their money back or want to beat up Doug, or is it still Doug? Yeah, Doug and JT. Yep. So next scene, we've got Carol. Um, She wants to read to uh, baby Harley, Cody suggests um, the book that she wants to read, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, might be a little inappropriate. Um, might not be the right impression for baby Harley. So he's like, I'm just going to uh, tell my own story about uh, a motocross track. A little dirt bike that could. Yeah, which seems like it steals. Like It's obviously like uh, the little train that could, but then it almost like takes some stuff from some other stories as well. But he tells this well, whole story. What it reminded me of is the children's book that John Cena wrote. It is very much... <laughs> The plot of the uh, the John Cena what book. What is that so, monster truck movie book called? I can't remember uh, what it's called. Oh, what's the, it's? Well, I've read it to my kid. I can so go grab times. it in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have it too. Uh, like I want to say Crush or 
doesn't sound right, but yeah, elbow, it's, it's, elbow, three. I like that. That sounds better. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a motocross or not a motocross, a monster truck, uh, little engine that could story kind of thing. Exactly. So he reads the story, and then uh, Carol tells. Uh, I think he tells. She tells Cody like, "You're going to be a good parent, good father." He, she someday. does. She's like, "That was great. You're built for this. You're going to be perfect." We got a Frank a little later in the living room. Um, he's uh, just hanging out. Yeah, and then the doorbell rings. Doorbell rings. Oh, he, he he's, he's practicing. Out. He's imagining. Putting, he's practicing right? golf, but I mean, he's not yeah. doing anything important. Too much. Yeah. Doorbell yep. rings, the football team, they want to see JT, and they want their money back. Um, luckily, they didn't turn in their reports, I guess. They just, uh, they realized that these reports are not reports that they were promised. These are not Did they written. not turn them in? I missed that. I, I, assume, I don't know. I, assume, I guess I assumed that they did. I guess if they're due, I don't, I don't know how they would have gotten them back already, but maybe if it's like a few days later or something like yeah, that. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Anyways, they're mad. They want their money back. Um... JT sold them the uh, rewritten reports from Dana and Mark. These are not uh, A papers like they were promised. And they want to bash some skulls of JT and Doug if they can find them. They're looking for vengeance. And and uh, Frank's like, well, they're not here right now. So you're going to have to come back later. Yep. And they explain to Frank everything that uh, that happened. And Frank's like, you know what? I'll handle the discipline. But at least what we can do they make an agreement let's at least scare jt a little bit yeah the football team says hey look can we at least scare him since we came all the way over here and frank's like i think we can figure something out yep so i'm assuming we come back after a commercial break to jt about to head out of the house and uh frank stops him though and he's like hey jt we never talk anymore let's talk real quick and like as they're about to get into it the doorbell rings it's the football team and they immediately pick up JT and uh, act like they are going to literally kill him for these uh, fake, well, I don't know if you call them fake, but uh, these horrible book reports that were sold to him. And Frank's game. Frank's like, yeah, that's fine. Hey, let me get his shoes first because I can give those to his brother. But otherwise, you're good to go. Take him. Yep. So he's they're kind of like uh, like playing it up a little bit that they're going to beat him up. Frank's okay with it. And then Frank's like, all right, put him down. Um, JT, though, he kind of tries to say that I sold you guys good book reports like he didn't yeah, he doesn't know yeah he, he has know. no idea what happened um they threaten to beat him up some more and uh he i think frank lets the team take him and then he jt just starts like begging for uh for help from his dad like, dad you gotta help me don't let them beat me up and uh, jt's like crying for help and frank's like uh all right let him go and he kind oh, of uh, the the prank is revealed at this point yeah, and the football team's like, thanks for thanks for that, Mister uh, Mister Lambert. Uh, most most parents wouldn't let us go that long. Yep, and then they talk about actual discipline. Uh, JT, I think this is not the first time this happened. Accidentally gives himself more time being grounded than he was actually going to get in the first place. Um, Carol and Dana come in, and uh, Dana says. Well, Dana lets it slip. She, oh, she's yeah. like, oh, it must have, something about like it must have been the book reports or whatever, and and they so they all know that she was you know behind the fake book reports. Yeah, and Frank tells Carol what JT did, and then uh, what Dana did, and Carol tells them go upstairs. You're gonna help JT. I think then she tell him you're gonna help JT work on his report. Yeah, they. So this was this didn't make a whole lot. Of, I, this is not how I would have handled this as a parent. Um, because they also they punished Dana as well, and her punishment is to help JT. But I'm like, what did 
Dana do wrong exactly? Here? I mean, I like, guess she what? kind of did something wrong, but not to the and the punishment doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the the punishment is she hates it's JT. Like Dana, I know you've already read Animal Farm. Go help JT write a book report about Animal Farm so he doesn't have to read the book. Well, I think that is the punishment is having to spend time with JT. Um, but I just don't I don't see what she did wrong. I I I have to me she didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she, she tried to just, get her brother killed. Well, I mean, that wasn't the out, that wasn't intention. the outcome, but I think the intention was to get her brother beat up. Uh, I don't know about that. So, anyways, they go upstairs. They go to work on the reports. Um, end of the episode? That was kind of that, it, right? that, that's Yeah, that's the end of the main part of the episode. Uh, we do get a credit scene with uh, Harley's parents getting home, and JT tells that Was it JT? No, Cody, right? Cody. Cody. Yeah, Cody's telling him that uh, while they were gone, Harley said his first words. And they're like, oh, what was it? And they're like, they're, they're hoping it was something like really smart, right? I don't know if they really had a hope. They were just no. They might have been like, it. "Was it Mama?" Or was it? And he's like, "No." Okay. Harley say it, and then uh, Harley says, "Dude, that's his first word." <laughs> Perfect. Pretty good. Uh, we go to nine o'clock. This is uh, episode four of Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Uh, Corey's alternative friends is the name of the episode. It starts off. Uh, there's a couple girls in the class. They're giving a science report. They finish up their report, and then it's Corey. So, and real Sean's quick, turn. one of the one of these girls is is uh, the girl Paige is the woman who plays or the girl who plays Gia in Full House, who's like yeah. a reoccurring character, comes back. Big so time that is character. one of the. Um, and just keep in mind the the second girl because I'm gonna bring her back up here in a minute. So just keep, there was there's another girl that was her partner that really is not worth talking about at this point, but I'm going to bring her back up. Okay. So they finished their report. Corey and Sean are up next. Uh, they're had to write some report on like the environment or something. And they start off right. and, uh, Feeney looks pretty impressed at first about this report, but then it starts they start strong. They start strong. Yeah. And then it starts going, uh, a little sideways as the report turns into a conversation of the Colorado Rockies and the Philadelphia Phillies and how the air quality makes them play better or worse, depending on where they are. I'll tell you, they're close. They were close to the actual science, but so far away. Yep. And uh, Feeney's like, I knew I shouldn't have let you pick your own partners. Um, we're going to try this again. This time, Sean, you're going to partner up with Minkus. Corey, you're going to partner up with the debuting Topanga. Topanga, the first ever Topanga. So the story here is evidently Topanga was originally the partner and the duo, and that was supposed to be her role. Danielle Fischel, that was supposed to be her role. Just that. Um, but the girl who ended up being the partner couldn't get any of Topanga's lines right, so they switched them. Oh. And that's why, that's how Topanga became Topanga. Danielle Fischel became Topanga. Interesting. So, um, Corey, not too happy about this uh, partnership. He begs Feeney for, to uh, reconsider their partners. He calls Topanga strange, and Feeney tells him, um, well, you know what? I actually have a strange neighbor who likes to sing uh, his to his sister's Barney records. And uh, Corey's like, all right, don't say any more. You can hear I'll, that? I'll do it. Yeah. Theme song, we come back. We're in the cafeteria. Corey and Sean are talking. Corey's upset because uh, some, he overhears some girls making fun of his hair. Right. Calling him a Brillo head. And uh, he's like, I don't want this curly hair. I got to do something about it. And Corey... Or Sean mentions that ah oh, my sister straightens her hair maybe I got something for you so his sister that we never we never hear from again Topanga again. Topanga comes over um we find out 
what's her dad's name? She doesn't call him dad. She calls him whatever his name is. Oh, I don't, Russ or something. I don't remember. I didn't yeah. write it down. We find out that uh, her dad's going to bring her over a little later over to Corey's house so they can work on their project. Um, we also find out that uh, she's working uh, on a petition to save the librarian's job. They're trying to get her to retire early, I guess. And uh, she's old and they want her to stay and they're getting a petition to not get rid of her. Yeah, and and something else to note here is she there's kind of, there's a separate group of kids that Topanga is a part of in the lunchroom. She, it's kind of all the outcast kids. Yeah. Uh, there's a the kid weirdo that, like, table. Always, yeah, the kid wearing always wearing his earphones, listening to music, wearing a later. cape, wearing a cape. There's just Minkus. this collection of, of misfits, and so Minkus is there, Topanga's there, yeah. a couple other people there. Yep, and they sit on like one table off to the side a little bit. Right. Um. We also find out uh, Sean got the. Uh, nice side of this uh, whole Feeney plan because Mink is just going to do the report for Sean because he doesn't like Sean. He doesn't trust him either. He's like, I, Mink is like, I know you can't do it, so I, I got this. Don't worry about it. When I was confused about this whole pairing up thing, I know I should mention this earlier, but like, didn't Topanga and Minkus already have a report to do with some other partners? Like, why wouldn't they have already done theirs? Presumably. Yeah, they're, 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 there's no... They're not winners in this one. They're they're just got more work to do. Or so. I guess maybe probably Topanga and Minkus were partners, and then they broke them up. That would make sense. But they still have already presumably have already, already done the report. Yeah. 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 All right. So Corey is uh, still worried about his hair, though. He mentions that once again. Right. Well, it, it's 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 he's dwelling on it. Yep. We go a little later to the Matthews house. Um, find out what's Corey's sister's name i can't remember her name morgan morgan, morgan. Has put her doll in the toaster and now it is flat yep it melted um topanga and Corey are in the kitchen they're working on their report on the environment um topanga gives Corey a poem and suggests they do like this interpretive dance as he reads the poem and she kind of this is a pretty memorable scene for the show this is i mean this is one of the most famous scenes in boy meets world easily yeah so Corey's reading this poem topanga's like doing a dance she gets out like paint on her hands and like draws on her face and stuff and like she finishes up and uh, Corey's like no i don't want to do that i don't want to get made fun of at school and topanga's like people laughing at me doesn't affect me i that that's not something that i let bother me and yeah Corey's so it happens like, all the time and if i live my life like that it just i wouldn't get it wouldn't be wouldn't get anything done. Yep. And Corey's like, I don't know. That's not what I want. So then Sean comes over while she still has paint all over her face. He comments on that. And we also find out that he brought the uh, the hair straightening, uh, whatever it is, a bag full of stuff from his sister. So they're going to go upstairs to do that. They kick Topanga out and they head upstairs. upstairs. I'm surprised. So I just want to bring this up real quick. Yeah. So this whole Corey's sister thing, it immediately struck me. Sean's like, what? Right. Sean. Sorry. Yeah. Sean. And his meaning strong is what Sean doesn't have a sister. Um, and I read a little bit and they actually addressed this uh, writer strong. This was brought up to him in a question once. And he responded that the reason he's, he had these whole lines about his sister is that as we've seen in previous episodes, there was supposed to be a third kid. Um, and evidently that third kid got fired right before the episode started. So they gave all that kid's line, his lines to Sean. So Sean had Sean's line plus this kid's lines and part of the kid's line in what episode? Were, this episode. This episode. This episode. And that's why Sean talks about his sister here, which never it doesn't exist ever again. Oh, it's again the other kid's sister. It was originally supposed to be the other kid's sister gotcha. who was fired. Interesting. And I just, I, I, as soon as I heard him say sister, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not a thing. Is this but the only, is this the last episode they mentioned sister? The only episode where he mentioned Only sister. one. Okay. Only one. Yep. 
All right, so they've got all this uh, hair straightening stuff. Um, Cor- they go upstairs. Uh, we see Corey now with like a towel over his head. He obviously has like this straightener fluid in or whatever it is. Um, Sean calls his sister because Corey is mentioning that uh, it's starting to burn on his hair a little bit. She's like, you're supposed to take it out when it starts to burn. That was 45 minutes 40 ago. Minutes. <laughs> so he's had this in there for way longer than he was supposed to. Um Corey goes in the bathroom, he washes it out, and he comes out looking like straight from 2005 emo days swoops Well, aside. before he does that, he lets out a, a scream that's so loud that the whole universe can hear it. They pan out, they pan out to the universe, and everybody can hear hear this scream from, from Corey Matthews. Yeah, so Corey's got some emo hair now. Um, Morgan He's ahead, comes- of the, ahead of the curve, ahead of the, I mean, this is, yeah. you know seven years eight years away from being the coolest thing you could do yep uh morgan comes in calls him punky brewster i didn't really i mean i know who punky brewster is but i didn't really get the i feel like she had a kind of like a bowl cut thing going on maybe that was my yeah how i took that uh their dad comes in Corey tells him uh he tried to straighten his hair and uh how he there's no way that he can go to school now absolutely not which is good because then he doesn't have to do that uh poem with topanga either right but that's not what's going to happen. Yep. We're at school. Um, Corey's there. He's wearing a hat. Philly's hat, right? Red Philly's hat. Yep. 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 Um, Feeney tells him, take off the hat, Mr. Matthews. Cause they're about to, I think they're about to do their presentation right now. Right. They are. But Feeney's like, there's no hats in my classroom. Take it off. Yep. He takes off the hat. The whole class is laughing at him and his hair. Everyone at least. What? Not because to, not, not only has, though. not only does his hair look just generally bad, but it, because he was wearing the hat, it's created this like bill. Yeah, his hair has become the hair. shape of his hat. Right, right. And Topanga's not laughing though. Like Topanga no, has mentioned already in the episode that laughing doesn't bother her, and she's also not one to laugh at others. Right, and she also just doesn't care. It's just who he. Is. It's just what he is. Who he's what he's doing. She doesn't care that his hair looks like that. Yep. Uh, to the lunchroom. Um, Corey is seen arriving, getting ready to go to his table, but everyone is making fun of him. And Topanga invites uh, Corey over to their table to go sit. So this is the table yeah. that we talked about earlier in the episode. Yeah, the Misfits table. And, and everybody, including like his friend, Sean, and the people that he sits with are making fun of him. And so he's like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, some other girl comes over. I don't know if she was at the table earlier in the episode, but she's like, hey, I can't get anyone to sign this uh, petition. What can we do? And Corey gives them some advice. It's like, I mean, you guys are a little weird. Um, If you want people to sign it, you have to know the people that you're trying to uh, sell this idea to. You have to know what they want and what works for them and what will sell it for them. And uh, a little little marketing 101. Yeah. And he offers to help. He does. So from he's there, right. we go a little later um, in Corey's bedroom. Now he's trying to curl his hair back just to get it back to normal because it's much worse how people are making fun of him now than it was originally. Um, Eric comes in um, real confused about why Corey's doing what he's doing and everything, but he makes sure to uh, take a Polaroid photo of Corey just so he has this uh, later in case he ever needs it. The evidence, yep. Back to school, um, Topanga and her table of friends are. Uh, I remember waiting for Corey. I don't remember where Corey was. They are. So they're in this point. They're in the hallway. We don't really know what they're doing. We know they're waiting for Corey. They talk about how he's running late, and then Corey comes around the corner, and he's got like, 
Albert Einstein style hair now. It's kind of all just up in a frizz and it's a total mess. Someone describes it later as uh what's Mike Tyson's manager? Uh Don King. Don yeah, King, which is perfect. Don, there's yeah. a Don King reference. Yep. yep it's very yep. Don King hair. Um but Corey's there, he's gonna help them out, and we then see the uh I don't know, six kids handcuff themselves to each other and then to the lockers, so they have made a chain across the hall. A barricade of sorts, so no one can get out once the bell rings. Yes, and this is Friday, you know, right before the weekend. Uh, so they're hoping for maximum attention from the rest of the kids. The bell rings. Uh, everyone runs out. They can't get by. And Corey explains, "Hey, we need to save the librarian's job. She's done such a great job for this school. We can't let them get rid of her." And he convinces them to all go down to the cafeteria, sign the petition, and then they will let them through. Right. And what he does is he appeals to what they know because they're like, why do we care? It's the weekend. This is not our problem. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, <laughs> she's so old. She's... She'll just write you a pass to get out of anything. Yeah. She's like, she's been here forever. You know how she works. If, what is it? Uh, study hall will never be the same again if we lose her. Yeah. If they so, bring in some new younger enough. teacher, this new teacher is going to be trying to prove something. And we just need someone who just can get let us get away with anything we want. So go sign the exactly. petition. So I think it's a combination of them agreeing with Corey and also just wanting this chain to get out of the way so they can go home. Yeah, sometimes that's what it takes. So they all run down there. Um, the kids start unhandcuffing themselves from each other, uh, except for Topanga, who does not uh, unhook herself from Corey, who is still hooked to the locker on the side. So now we have Corey and Topanga handcuffed to each other right here, all alone in the middle of the hallway. And Corey's like what are you doing? And like, I don't, I don't remember what she says, but then Corey eventually says, are you trying to kiss me or something? And she explains, well, and she's like, he's like, please don't kiss me. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, well, it would be interesting for you to remember your first kiss when you had this whole crazy hair thing. And, uh, she's like, pins him to the locker, kisses him right there. And Corey is speechless. Not only do we have the debut of Topanga, but we also have the first kiss of Corey and Topanga in the same episode. Yeah, so two first kisses in one week. Two first kisses in one week. And uh, as we go into Mr. Cooper, we have some more similarities coming up. But uh, we do get a credit scene here. Corey is back to his normal hair. He's in the cafeteria. Um, he goes and talks to the girls that he overheard in the beginning of the episode talking about his hair in the first place to find out they weren't even talking about him at all. They were talking <laughs> about someone else. Right. So their, their friend, Wayne. Yeah. And then, uh, Corey goes over and talks to Topanga and, um, she tells him that, uh, if you ever need it, there's always a seat here for you at their table. But he goes and sits with Sean. He turns around, he looks at Topanga who uh, pulls a red Phillies cap out of her backpack and puts it on. Not Presumably sure. his, his red Phillies cap. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, that's the end of the episode. That is, cl it's classic. I mean, that is classic. Final episode of the week is our 930 Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Season 2, Episode 4. Uh, Limpin' Lizards is the name of the episode. We start off with Vanessa and Nicole. They're watching TV, and uh, it's uh, Blister Lizard Show. Yeah, a you know, very the, Barney the Dinosaur like show, which was mentioned that, in uh, last episode. Right. One that Corey would love, I'm sure. Um, Coop walks up. Um, 
just kind of comments on the show a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't really say a whole lot. We do find out from Nicole, I think there might be a commercial or something that airs, that uh, they're going to be holding auditions for a new Crocodile Kid, which is one of the kids on this uh yeah, Lenny they, the they talk show. about it on the show. They say we're we're getting a new crocodile kid. Come come to auditions, you know, this weekend or whatever. And Nicole wants to try out. She wants to be a crocodile kid. Vanessa wants her to be a crocodile kid, so then she can get this uh, a new deal up for her firm. She, yeah, she wants to get the account of the of the uh, what Lester uh-huh. for for her business. Yeah, but Geneva. She does not think it's a good idea. She does not want Nicole to try out for this show. Uh, Coop tries to step in and reason a little bit, but um, he's, he tries to like mention like nothing bad ever happens to these kids, but he like starts naming off all these kids that like were child <laughs> actors that are now in jail. They're now in jail. Yeah, he doesn't get very far. Yeah. So theme song, we come back. Uh, Geneva's got the uh, Lenny. Is it Lenny the Lizard? Is that right? Lester. 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 Geneva's got the like Lester the Lizard song stuck in her head. Uh, she's singing it in the school office. People are looking at her. Coop comes in and he's uh, carrying what looks like a costume lizard tail to me. I mean, clearly to the rest of us, it is it is Lester the Lizard's tail. But we don't we don't really know like they don't really say that right here. Yeah. Um, Coop is complaining, though, because he is tired of driver's ed. He does not want to do this anymore. He's always in danger. The kids are just hating stuff all the time. Um, did, did they say here that that's what happened with that tail or do we find out that later? Well, so what they, what they say is that, you know, Irvin was driving and he hit someone in a crosswalk and that is literally all we get in the, as far as context goes, uh, in this whole, in this whole scene here. Yeah. And Coop, PJ's like, no tough deal with it. You're stuck. Yeah. She's not helping out at all. So, uh, yeah. we go back home. Geneva is, uh, at home singing. Vanessa comes out, uh, into the living room. And uh, she's still trying to get Geneva to let Nicole audition for the show. And uh, she's like begging. She needs this account bad. Then Tyler comes over. Um, He's going to go to the auditions too, just to pick up on the girls that don't get the part. (laughs) Tyler's something. Tyler's Tyler's great. This is a bit of a a stretch for him, but good for him. And this is where he mentions in front of Geneva that uh, Melanie, who goes to their school, She's going to beat uh, Nicole anyways for the uh, crocodile kid role because um, this girl's got more rhythm. And uh, they even mentioned that Nicole has less rhythm than that girl on Blossom. Well, the other thing, too, here is that that Tyler, this girl is going around school, like, saying this to everybody. Tyler isn't just making this up like, you know, she's better than Nicole. Like, this girl is saying these things about Nicole around the whole school. Yeah, and Geneva says, that's it. Let's get ready. You're going to get that part. So she is ready to go into full training mode to make sure Nicole gets this job. It's on. It think, is on. I don't, think Nicole need, I don't think Nicole needs any help, though. I think she'd get it. Not anyways. at all. Not at all. Um, and then Coop, uh, we find out that Coop found out that um, he's done with driver's ed. They found a new spot for him, right? Well, not not so much. What happens is, so then Geneva's like, hey, by the way, Mark, you got a uh, call from PJ. Um she says there's a she's got a new a new assignment for you. And then we cut to the school and it's PJ telling him that his new assignment is home ec teacher and she's giving him an apron to get started. Yep. So instead of driver's ed, he's now gonna be the teacher of home ec. Uh we go back to the house. Nicole is practicing for this audition. Geneva is wearing her out. They are in tryout boot camp right now. And uh they keep uh practicing like lines of the songs in like different ways that she can do it and stuff. 
and uh geneva's over overdoing it she oh, I mean, yeah. she's coming up with these dance moves that are just ridiculous and, and unnecessary and, and geneva is has gone from zero to 100 immediately yeah and while this is uh going on coop gets home he's got uh band-aids over his eyebrows we find out that uh <laughs> they were burned off in home ec class so it doesn't look like this home ec deal is much better than driver's head might even be worse and uh right. geneva tells coop um hey, I need you to take her to this audition. I can't do it. I don't want Vanessa to do it. Uh, I need you to do it. Yeah, and he's fine with that. He's got no problem. And that's where we go from here. We are now at the audition. Uh, Coop and Vanessa are there. Coop finds out that uh, Lester actually lost his tail in a hit and run, which, what do you know, that lizard tail that happened to be in uh, Irvin's locker is probably that one. Well, he immediately, so what happens is he shows up First of all, he's got more more wounds already. He's already like burned his hand. Like, he's got more cuts and whatnot um, from home ec. But he sees Lester and he immediately recognizes that tail as the tail that that um, uh, that Irvin has. So he he's the one that puts it all together by seeing the tail on Lester. Yeah, and while this is going on too, Coop, uh, I think uh, like a director of the show is there and kind of... Yeah, stagehand, yeah. Yeah, talks a little bit about Lester, and apparently Lester is not the nicest person. Yeah, like nobody likes inside. Lester. Right, yeah. nobody likes likes the, the actor, likes her. Um, even even the stagehand does not like her. Um, And then... Do they talk here? I can't remember. Well, and then then Lester comes out, yeah. and Nicole Nicole goes up to talk to Lester. Wants to introduce him to Mark. Mark's trying to ignore the you know the the ignore Lester because he doesn't want Lester to recognize him. Um, and then Lester takes the hood off. It's a woman. She says, "Hey, I recognize you." And he's like, "Oh no!" And then she's like, "You played for the Warriors, didn't you?" Oh yeah, it's me. I played for the Warriors. Um, that was a good Mark. That was a good Mark Cooper impersonation. You it was me. You were me. Me. You. I wasn't, you. Even, I wasn't even trying to do it. Well, natural. Nailed it. Natural. Uh, we're back at the school. Geneva is telling everyone Nicole got the part. Is that where? Are we already there? Really? Uh, there's a, a little bit where Vanessa tries to start talking to Lester about about coming to her her company, and Le- and Lester's like, "My husband is owns the management company I'm with. There's no way that's ever gonna change." Oh yeah, yeah. Because she did get the part. There's more of like the show coming up later. But uh, right, yeah, right. she's telling everyone that she got the part, and her uh, her debut performance is gonna be happening soon. Soon, and she's got like flyers to get everyone to come be part of the studio audience. I think to watch uh, Nicole. Yeah. And she's giving to everybody, and she and she ends up giving it to the boys, so Andre and Irvin and some random dude who's not Isaac. Um, and they look at the flyer and they immediately recognize that this is the the person that they hit. And that they get this bright idea to sell pieces of the tail that they have at the show to capitalize on the fact that they have this tail. Yeah, which, they're just going to chop it up and sell it. Why was Lester walking around out in public and they're like in the outfit? School appearance, maybe? Sure. Even though they hate kids. Uh, we're now back at the uh, the lizard show. Irvin and uh, Andre are there. And right. um, they're selling the pieces of the tail like they said they were going to. And then Lester comes in and recognizes Irvin pretty immediately. And then they run oh, yeah. away. Yep. And they already sold some tails. So good for them. They and I think they hand off some pieces to Coop too when they before they run away. That is true. So Lester's like, that's it. Uh, well, before they run away, they do say, hey, 
I might have hit you, but everything I learned, I learned from that guy. And they call Mark out, who because she still doesn't know that Mark was in the car at the time. And she's like, what? You knew this? You were part of all this? That's it. I'm firing Nicole. So that's her payback for, to Coop for all this. Is she's They're going to fire Nicole now. So Lester goes into her dressing room to get ready. And while she does this, Coop barricades the door so <laughs> Lester can't get out. And at least Nicole will get to do her one performance, we assume. That we assume, yeah. So the next scene, we are on stage. The show is beginning. Out comes Lester, but we fit quickly find out it is not uh, the actress playing Lester. Coop is inside the costume uh, running the show today. He is, and he immediately forgets the words to Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yep, forgets the words, but to save the day, Nikki... I don't know if I'm going to end up calling her Nikki or Nicole more. It seems like they just started calling her Nikki more often in this episode. Yeah, I didn't even notice. I don't know what ends up sticking, but um, I went with Nikki here. She uh, she saves Coop, who can't remember the words, grabs the mic, and starts uh, a freestyle rap about how it's good to be in school or something like that. Yeah, she goes for it, and she nails it. Yep. And then we go after the show. Uh, Stagehand is now talking to Coop once again uh, about how they all hate Lester. Coop and Nicole are talking a little bit, and we find out that she actually just wants to quit the show. She doesn't like show business too much. She doesn't even want to do it. Well, and she also she's kind of a you know this girl who's probably smarter than her age. She's like, I've got other things to do. I've got to, you know I got school and work, and I I can't deal with this. Uh, PJ comes out, tells Coop. Uh, that he's going back to driver's ed. I don't, I don't even know what happened, why he's going back, but uh, maybe because he begged enough with the, yeah, I think, up. I think, I think the point that she was trying to make to him overall was that driver's ed might be dangerous, but Hey, all these, all these jobs can be dangerous depending on how you do them. Um, but I'll put you back in driver's ed. Yep. And that's where the episode ends. We do get a credit scene though, with uh, Lester still stuck in the dressing room. Uh, Coop and the stagehand come over. Um, I wrote they were playing cards. Were they playing cards? Yep, they're playing poker, and the uh, aunties are pieces of the tail. <laughs> and then uh, Geneva comes out. Um, she, like she's Lester. in the outfit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, scares Coop, pretending to be Lester, and then uh, they all leave, but Vanessa takes the opportunity to uh, slide one of her business cards under the door to still get that uh, account if she can. Good luck. So that's it. That's Cooper for this week. Um, and that's the end of our show. This is the point of the show, though, that we like to rank the episodes. Um, I will say I, I'm, I I know that we have the same number one. I think the other three might be a little out of order, though. Probably. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of variables in this one. I, I'll go first. Yep. I'm going to put uh, Family Matters at four, Step by Step at three. Cooper at two and Boy Meets World at number one. I yep. think it's pretty. Boy giving. Meets World at number one is a guarantee. No one's ranking him any differently than that. Uh, I've got pretty close to what you have. I also have Coop at number two, but I switched the other two step by step and uh, Family Matters four and three. Neither of them did a whole lot. Yeah, the only reason I put Family Matters at four is because we've seen this over. Like, get on with it. Like, we've got the point. We understand the Myra situation. Let's do something with it instead of doing the same old episode over and over again. Yeah, and the only reason I put Family Matters ahead of Step by Step is in my head, I was like, all right, maybe this was the first kiss. And if it's the first kiss, then it should probably get a little bump on it. You know, I, given the path that we've been on, I still don't care. Like, get, <laughs> just get on with the relation. Get on with the plot. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so... 
Tomorrow night, we've already mentioned it, we've got uh, Nightmare Weekend. We're going to be doing the panel at 9 p.m. And then uh, I'm assuming four new episodes next week on the show, right? Four new episodes, yeah. Family Matters, Season 5, Episode 5, Step by Step, Season 3, Episode 5, Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 5, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Season 2, Episode 5. I am looking forward to it. I don't know if we get Halloween episodes this year. I don't know if we're... I think two if weeks we're gonna away, get any, or would it, it be this might be, week? Yeah, I think it'll probably be next two weeks away, like you said. So, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. I mean, in two weeks, the air date would have been October 29th. So, so that yeah, makes that would make sense, sense for Halloween episodes. But we'll see. We'll I'm see. looking forward to it. I know it's two weeks away. I'm hoping it happens. But uh, we'll see. I, I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on right now. We've got uh, Topanga and Corey. We've got that story starting up. We've got Myra and Steve. What's going to happen with that? We've got uh, step by step is kind of there's not really a big storyline uh, uh, like kind of dragging see, through that I don't think I think we got the beginnings of a storyline because we got Carol who's getting a little bit of oh baby fever. maybe some baby stuff going so on so I with think that. this might be the the foreshadowing the very you know the very inklings of a major storyline yeah and then Coop I mean I don't know we've got um like him well, bouncing you know, around getting, classes we're still getting settled right we're still getting settled we got a whole new cast we're yeah. we're, we're we're still getting settled so nothing big there but it is all new to us. All new good stuff. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, uh, good luck tomorrow night, Steve. And I guess, have hey, a good, good luck week. to you too. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good week. You got it, dude. Podcast.